Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. Well, this week we have a return engagement from Robert Spartz. He is the district manager for the Davy Tree Expert Company in the Quad Cities office. Whereabouts is that, Robert? Quad Cities, I think like Minnesota, or is, is that right, or am I on the wrong part of the map? Ah, uh, yeah, we're a little bit south of there. Uh, we're kind of, uh, you know, where the Mississippi kind of bends a little bit, um, kind of straight west almost of Chicago, if you line up on a map. Um and uh, from there, you know, we're right on the Mississippi River. So, uh, you know, it's called the Quad Cities, but there's actually five major cities that encompass the Quad Cities itself. Not only are we getting a tree lesson today, we're also getting uh, a geography lesson. I need it because I don't know where anything mm-hmm. is except Pennsylvania, where I live, and Ohio and, and the other states around me. Today we're talking all about uh, trees that love wet feet and when you go to a property and you see a, a low spot or a soggy spot, what's the first thing you think of when, when you talk to the client? Well, the first thing I think of is, you know, is there a way that we can also improve drainage as well, too? So uh, depending on the property itself, you know, is there uh, is there a high water table, um, which really we're not going to be able to do a lot about? Um, is there a river or a creek kind of running in their backyard that might affect that as well too? And then also, uh, you know, a lot of these newer established homes, you know, where is the drainage going to, um, and is that causing a lot of our problems as well too? How can we remediate that and, uh, fix the problems that are, that are being caused? And a lot of times that can be, uh, with planting a proper tree or shrub, or maybe just even a plant in the right spot. Can that a tree mitigate wet situations how does that work uh yeah so i mean not only uh will the tree uh absorb the water through its root system um you know it'll also help improve the drainage throughout the soil by uh you know creating more pore space in the soil uh allowing more water to pass through and uh kind of percolate deeper into the soil itself too to help you know get rid of it quicker as well that way is there a way to clarify what what kind of soil you can plant in? I mean, is there are there certain spots where if you can't get that drainage out of there, you're like, listen, there's no sense in even putting a tree here because it's never going to work because it's just too wet. Um, I would say that's definitely not the case. I mean, there's trees, you know, uh, for instance, like a bald cypress um, that will can literally live in standing water. So, um, you know, I would say a lot of our soils out here are composed of, uh, maybe three to maybe at most five inches of, of nice topsoil, um, you know, after construction. And then, uh, beyond that, you know, they're, they're building these foundations of the homes on, on solid clay, um, cause they don't want a lot of shifting. So, um, you know, once you get down below that, that three to five inches, um, you're, you are hitting some, some pretty, uh, hard, hard soil, um, which is going to be, you know, very hard for water to kind of break through that. Um, but yeah, but planting a proper tree will help, you know, uh, 
take up a lot of that water for you and, and uh, fix the problem as well, too. Well, tell me about that bald cypress. Those are cool trees. Uh, yeah, so they have uh, they have an evergreen appearance um, during the growing season. Uh, they look a lot like a uh, like a spruce or p- potentially like a pine. Um, and then uh, during the fall season, um, they turn a nice rusty red color. Uh, real beautiful tree um, in the fall time as well too. Um, you know, and they can grow uh, south as well as in the northern regions as well, too. So they kind of have a wide range of, of where they can go. Um, but they're, you know, as far as my list goes, as far as like preferred trees, uh, you know, I actually have them. They're in like my top five list of trees to plant just in general. So, you know, it's hard to find a tree that doesn't have a lot of, uh, you know, insect or disease problems. And this is one of the few trees out there that uh, we can say that for. So with a bald cypress, does it have to have wet conditions to thrive or can it grow anywhere? Um, I mean, in, in theory, yes, it can grow anywhere, um, you know, with, with any tree, especially uh, a newly planted tree. I mean, the water requirements are going to be a little bit higher for a tree like that in the beginning. Um, you know, drought tolerance, uh, probably a little bit less, but, um, you know, the tree can definitely thrive. You know, you're not going to I would say my recommendations would be to not plant this tree. That's going to be, you know, high up on a hill uh, where it's going to be real dry. The sun's going to be hitting it, you know, and, you know, the chances for, for water to kind of settle in, um, you know, it's, it's kind of going back to the old moniker of, you know, the right tree in the right place. You know, you, I would never plant a bald cypress somewhere where it wasn't going to get at least some amount of water, you know, at some point. What kind of other trees should we think about if we do have a wet area and basically, for each one, how wet should it be or does it matter? Let's go through them. Like you said, right tree, right place. What else do you recommend when you find a, a spot that has a little bit too much water? Yeah, one of my strongest recommendations I have, uh, and this is going to be more for uh, the northern regions, uh, maybe more in the Midwest, um, places that have you know oak trees as, uh, as native trees and things like that, um, will be a swamp white oak. Um, you know, that's a, a really strong water loving tree as well, too. Um, beautiful bark features um, and also a, a good just a good looking tree um, and grows a little bit faster than than most other oaks in general as well, too. Uh, probably not as fast as our pin oak, um, but, you know, still still a steady grower. Um, you know, the water requirements for that um, are going to be a little bit higher, but I've, I've been able to see those growing maybe in areas where it's a little bit drier as well, too. So, um, but they will definitely tolerate, you know, more of a standing water situation, um, you know, over a longer period of time. So uh, something like that's a great option, um, you know, getting into maybe some great recommendations for trees that um, maybe shouldn't be planted as close to a home or a sewer line. You know, along those lines, uh, you know, we're, then we're getting into our, our weeping willows and our river birch trees, um, which are which are great water trees. Um, I don't you know, based on those two, you're probably not going to find, you know, two better trees that are going to soak up water. Um, just know that they are fast growing trees. Um, fast growing trees are not going to live as long. Um, you know, a willow will definitely do the job for you. Um, if you do have a, a very boggy area and definitely a standing water uh, situation, um, we'll almost turn that into a non-standing water situation. So, um, 
you know, those are kind of two of the, you know, they're make sure they're far enough away from your home um, and the far back of your landscape or something like that. If you're going to choose to plant those um, some of the, yeah, some the, of the other, Oh, yep. Go ahead. Yeah. Talk about the willow because like you said, you don't want that anywhere near it's searching out water, you know? Right. And you don't want that near like, especially old clay tile boy. Willow gets into that and you know, it wants water. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they will uh, basically destroy, you know, your, your water lines, your sewer lines. Um, they will find a way in. Um, they will basically in a sense kind of crush that pipe, make a hole. And uh, I've heard, I've heard a lot of horror stories about, uh, you know, tree roots just completely encompassing the inside and basically backing up, you know, sewage um, to the point where uh, you go to flush your toilet and it's not going anywhere. So, and then you got to call in the real experts to, to take care of that. So, um, you know, there is, if you do run into that situation, I know there is a, a product that you can uh, flush down the drain to, uh, kill off those tree roots and basically in a sense kind of disintegrate them, um, which is a temporary fix. You know, willows grow very quickly and uh, they will, you know, put those roots out again very quickly. So, you know, that's something that you would have to do on a, you're better off to, like I said, make sure you got the right tree in the right place, you know, rather than having to, to deal with the consequences of that down the road. Is the river birch as aggressive? Uh, definitely not. Um, I mean, still a tree that is going to be seeking out water. Um, you know, it is going to do a lot better in a water situation. Um, typically what we tend to see with river birch that aren't planted in the right areas. We also, uh, get a lot of chlorosis, uh, problems with them too, which is kind of the, the yellowing of the leaves because of improper nutrient uptake. Um, so, you know, from that standpoint, no, I don't see them being as aggressive as, as the willow trees. You know, you brought up a great point about trees closer to the house. And I I always hear from people that are always worried if they're, you know, they put a tree in close to the house. But in general, most trees won't be doing that. You know, it's, it's certain trees that, that are, are so, you know, searching out that water. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, you know, I would... My general recommendations are, you know, within 15 to 20 feet of your house, you probably shouldn't have a, a large, you know, overstory tree growing uh, near your foundation. Um, you know, every tree does want some amount of water to survive and be healthy. So if that the only place that they can get that water is, is close to your house, you know, they're going to be growing there. And eventually at some point, those roots could get large enough that, you know, they could cause uh, some cracking and some seepage into your foundation. So definitely a concern there. In those, uh, you know, in that recommendation, I would, you know, probably try to push you towards, uh, there's some good uh, shrubs that are water loving, uh, such as like a cranberry bush viburnum, um, a summer sweet, uh, red twig dogwood, so, you know, something along those lines that is still going to absorb a lot of water, you know, closer to your house. Maybe you have poor drainage uh, or your gutters are weak and, uh, you know, they're kind of putting water over the side. You know, those are some shrubs there that might be good. There's a, a few perennials that are good as well, too, like daylilies or purple cone flowers that that love to be in a, a very moist situation. So, 
Um, those are a couple other options that you could look out look at outside of that. So that red twig dogwood, that's a cool plant, especially for winter interest, right? Yeah, it has a nice, obviously has a, with its color, uh, is red, um, you know, the canes on it. Um, yeah, and just, uh, you know, the only thing is, is you do need to prune out. Usually recommend, uh, you know, once the canes get to be about one inch in diameter, you prune the, those old ones out to allow for the new growth of, of the new ones as well, too. Oh, that's a great tip. I didn't know that. Is there anything else tree-wise on your list that you were thinking when you uh, stumble onto a spot on a property that just uh, doesn't have the drainage that should be there? Uh, well, I mean, you know, being a, being a tree guy, I mean, you know, my thing is, you know, always, if we can, always plant more trees, you know, to, you know, just, if even if it's not just for water, just for, you know, the environment as well, too. But, um, you know, some of the other, uh, you know, trees, you know, just for, just kind of going to go through a quick list of about four or five of the other trees that I think are good. Um, and again, most of these are going to be for, for mostly Northern climates uh, where I'm at in the Midwest, um, you know, such as uh, hackberries, sweet gums, uh, black tupelo, which is a pretty rare tree that not a lot of people have heard of. Um, it's also being called a black gum, um, great red foliage, you know, so if somebody's, I know a lot of people are looking for, for red foliage trees, um, a black tupelo or black gum would be a great option for that. Um, you know, sycamores or London plane trees, um, kind of almost similar, very close to the same trees there. Um, and a pin oak, um, depending on how the oak wilt situation is in your area, um, pin oaks can be a very fast growing tree that love water as well, too. All right. So tell me about that sweet gum. Where are you going to cite that and talk about the importance of citing that one specifically? With those little seed uh, things that you step on with your bare feet and it's like having a, a Lego, uh, you know, when you step on your kid's Lego or worse. <laughs> well, there's no doubt. I do have a seven-year-old son, so the Lego thing definitely hits home. Um, but my policy in my house is if I step on a Lego, it's going in the trash. So they stay pretty cleaned up around here. Um the sweet gum itself, yeah, definitely is a tree that, you know, we go back to what I've talked about already is, you know, right tree in the right place. Um, you know, obviously you don't want to have that in your front yard, hanging over a driveway, sidewalk, you know, somewhere where it's high traffic. Um, want to have that, you know, somewhere, you know, off to the side or out in the back. Um, they do have a, uh, a spiky ball type of fruit uh, seed coating um, that will definitely... Uh, could ruin your day, um, you know, if you're not wearing the proper footwear. So if your kids are out running around the yard without any shoes on, probably not a great tree for you to plant. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's does have a good uh, pyramidal shape to it. Um, looks really good. Um, you know, has uh, just a nice leaf shape, too. And that's I think that's what draws a lot of people to it as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just kind of keeping it kind of out on the outskirts of your property. Um, probably, uh, probably not overhanging your neighbor's yard either. Cause he might run into some problems there. And you know, the black gum, black Tupelo always comes up when I talk to arborists and right now in the North here, when that thing turns, I'm not sure if there's anything more spectacular than that tree, as far as its fall color. 
Yeah, they're they're uh, they're very pretty. Um, you know, my personal favorite is a tree that we seem to be, see declining a lot in our area due to the kind of the changes. But uh, sugar maple is definitely kind of up there on tops of, uh, you know, fall color. Um, but yeah, the black tupelo, that brilliant reds, um, you know, it's hard. You know, a lot of people are planting these Freeman maples. Uh, you know, the most common variety is the autumn blaze maple, um, which were starting to see a lot of problems, you know, come from that variety of tree. Um, a lot of Phytophthora bleeding canker, a lot of girdling roots, a lot of improper, improper planting, um, you know, and also structurally there, I would say now that a lot of the pear trees have disappeared from landscapes, they've become one of our most popular storm damage trees as well too. So uh, not that I dislike maple trees, but the, the newer varieties of maples seem to have a slew of problems uh, to try to uh, that I try to get people away from and go more towards the native varieties of trees that um, can be better long term. So, is there another maple that you would recommend, or are we go a different direction as far as species? Um, I mean, if we're if we're back on the topic of water, um, you know, red maples are still a pretty good option as far as uh, you know water you know water loving maple trees. Um, you know, not really a lot of a great options. Your silver maples are fast growing, weak trees. Um, they will provide shade very quickly. Um, so um, that there was a trend, you know, probably 40 to 50 years ago where everybody was planting silver maples. And now the trend is the Freeman maples, the autumn blaze varieties. Um, not a lot of real great varieties out there um, in maple, in the maple land right now. Some of your Norways are probably your best option. Um, you know, and maybe a red point, red maple, um, is one of the better types of, uh, red maples that you could plant right now. So I have a town right next to the, uh, township that I live in where maybe once every three to five years when the weather's right, they get flooded out. And Uh so when we're thinking of our trees, our existing trees, what should we be looking at there if we do get a flood? Uh, well, you know, the, there's a couple things that, uh, I'm going to point out here. Um, the first one would be, you know, if, it, if you are experiencing, you know, long-term, uh, flooding or just settling water on a tree that maybe isn't tolerant of a lot of water, um, first you should probably have a certified arborist come out and inspect the tree, uh, make sure there's no problems, uh, that might arise, or maybe they could come up with, uh, some mitigation options to help with, uh, future water. Um, but the things that you're going to look for, you know, uh, the signs that you're going to look for on a tree, you know, following, you know, heavy water or flood are going to be exposed roots. Are we dealing with a lot of erosion? Is this going to lead to the tree, uh, potentially being uprooted at some point? Um, a lot of times we deal with, uh, evergreens getting uprooted after, after the winter and the, uh, snow falls and then it melts and then the soils are really soft and, you know, all the, none of the other trees have any leaves on them. So something like that, you know, maybe you have to maybe guy wire that tree or something in the future to kind of get some stability to it. Um, are we seeing premature fall color? Um, you know, usually that's a number one sign for anybody that knows trees. Um, a certified arborist is, uh, you know, if that tree is turning color earlier than every other tree in the area, you probably have some sort of problem going on with that tree that needs to be corrected. So 
Um, you know, wilted or discolored leaves as well, too, kind of along the same lines. Um, you know, that's going to be some sign of some some flooding damage. Um, and also any dieback in the canopy. Um, yes, it could be an insect or a bigger problem as well, too, with the root system. But that all could come back to the flooding damage that it's gone through already. You know, people, I don't think they understand that a Davy certified Davy arborist will come for free to to look over what's going on there and then give you recommendations. And as as a certified arborist, as an ethical code to to be kind of a scientist coming there, not somebody just trying to make a few bucks. You know, I I, yep. I, I had a conversation the other day, Robert, where. This woman was telling me all about her tree, and um, I, I said, does it still have, you know, is it still alive? And she's like, yeah. I said, she goes, but it, it's failing. I said, well, get a certified arborist out there, because if it dies and it's a big tree, it's going to cost you a lot more to get rid of that tree, because they're not going to be able to climb it. Yeah, I mean, you know, the old uh, the old saying is an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So, you know, uh you know, get ahead of it, stay ahead of the game and get your trees inspected. Um, as you mentioned, you know, Davy tree will come out at no cost to you and, uh, give you a professional inspection of your trees. And if there's any diagnosis or anything that we can do to help out, uh, we'll sure, surely provide a, uh, prevention plan or, uh, maybe something to help correct the issues that you're going through. Well, I ask this question a lot because I, I, you know, I work with Davy Arborist on my own property uh, in fact, I, I feel that I'm keeping Davy in business with as many trees I have here. But just talk about that feeling of being able to go out there, diagnose something, and and telling people that like we can save it. I, I think that's one of the coolest things about being a certified arborist. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, when I initially got into this field, uh, you know, that was that was my thought. You know, urban forestry. Um, you know, I can go out to, to visit properties and speak with homeowners, um, that a lot of times don't have a lot of information on, on what trees are, you know, or how to help them out or what they can do to help them out. And, uh, you know, that's the best part of my job is being able to inform people inform the general public of, of things that they can do to make this, this world just a better place to live in. And not only that, but keep their, their landscape looking beautiful. Um, so it's one thing that I really like to hang my hat on this job. And one thing that really keeps me going, you know, as far as, uh, on a daily basis. Good stuff. Before I let you go, I've been asking this question. What does it mean for you to be part of an employee owned company like Davey? What, what does that actually mean for you? So, yeah, I mean, I've been with this company for uh, 15 years now. So, um, you know, I've been doing the uh, employee uh, stock purchase plan um, for, I think, 12 years now of that 15 years. Uh, you know, I pretty much tell everybody I wish I would have started, you know, after the initial year. There is a year initiation period before you're able to start purchasing the Davy stock. Um it was uh, something that I wish I would have uh, done a lot sooner. You know, even sounds like two years isn't a lot of time, but you know, to me it is. So, um, you know, from that aspect, um, the sooner that, you know, we can get in and, and start to, uh, you know, 
uh, investing in ourselves, investing in our company, investing in the future of Davy Tree. Um, you know, that's what it's really all about to me. Um, you know, this is a, you know, we've grown to be a very large company in the 15 years that I've been here. Um, and it comes from people who have the same attitude and mentality as myself. Um, you know, that we're all here working as a team and, you know, we all, we all want the same thing. We all want to be a successful company, um, that in the end, you know, when we are done with everything and we retired, we feel like, you know, we've done our part for this company and we've tried to do everything that we can the right way, um, you know, to go back to, to Davy Tree's, you know, old motto and still continues to be the motto today um, is do it right or not at all. And, you know, that's what I think a lot of what I live by. And, you know, I try to extend that on to the employees that I work with in Davy Tree as well, too, um, and just live with that motto every day and show them, you know, lead by example. Great stuff, Robert. On that note, I'm going to let you go. As always, just great information and fun to talk to you again. And I'm sure we'll talk soon. Thanks so much. All right. Appreciate you having me on, Doug. You have a great day, sir. You too, my friend. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Next week, we're going to talk about why it's so important to prepare your trees and gardens for winter. And do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss a show. As always, we'd like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer.